Hi, my name is Pastor Bob Bovey, and today we're going to be discussing Psalm 138. If you open your Bibles, Psalm 138 says this, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing and praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified the word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answered me and strengthened me with the strength of my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in their ways of the Lord, for the great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet he has respect unto the lonely, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thy own hands. So in verse 1, what he's trying to tell us here is that I will praise you with my whole heart before the gods I will sing praises unto thee. Now get that word right because it says my whole heart before the gods I will sing. Now, at that time, uh, when I first read this, I thought it was referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I think we can go a little deeper here. It can apply that way, but it can still be a little bit different. See, back in those days, the kings of the earth were, worship, were worshipped as gods. They were considered gods. They were gods of the nation, and they were gods of the earth. And The gods of the nation will be subject to the words of the Messiah's mouth. And that's an important thing because they'll have to answer to God. No matter what's going on in their lives, they will have to answer to God because God is the mighty God. God is the king. And... We will all answer to God because that is what's important. Um, so we find it to be a little bit different because we are, all are going to be subject to those words, but we all will have to answer what God tells us to do. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, but these kings, they were treated as gods. They were treated in a special way. They were treated in an awesome way. They became a special status. And that went right to their heads because that's who I'm mighty, I'm king, and I can deal with this. I'm higher than any other person on this earth. And that was their attitude. It sort of rubbed off on them because the people showed it to them. That's what the people wanted them to believe. That's how they were treated. And they started to believe it that they were better than all the other people in the kingdom. 
But David wrote this psalm. And what David was trying to say here is this, that there is only one God. If we look at that verse back there again, and we get back to it, it says, I will praise you with my whole heart before the gods I will sing. And what he's saying is before the gods, you see the people on the earth were gods. So before I sing to these folks, Lord, I'm going to sing to the one and mighty God, the only God that there is. And that's what's going to happen. So that's what the David the writer was saying, that there's only one God. There's not several gods. There's not many gods, but only one God, and all will answer to him. This psalm is a roadmap to how we can pray to God. It's a way to, to show us everything that we need to understand about how great and mighty God is. Now, if we look back to the very first verse, it says, I will praise thee. That's what he's saying. I will praise thee. So one of the first things that we need to do is to praise God. We need to praise him all the time. We need to praise him when we're stumbling and we're having issues. We need to praise him when things are going great. We need to be praising God. That's a big and important thing that we need to be doing. We're praising God. We're not praising man or anything else on this earth. You see, nothing on this earth can help us to get where we need to go on a regular and consistent basis. That's not what is going on here. We need to understand that God is in charge of it all. So how do we do this? You see, we need to be counting our blessings. We need to be uh, understanding our blessings. We can do that by, as we sing the great hymn, count your blessings. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking back at what God has done for us. So we will understand that everything comes from God. We'll understand that when we get in trouble and we have difficulty, we have problems and, and, and trials and tribulations coming in, we need to understand that God was there then and he'll be there now. So we need to look and see all the great things he's done and remember them because, you know, if these things come back around, God will be there to help us through them again. We need to see what God has done each and every day. Even when things are not going well, we can find something to praise God about. You know, that's a hard thing, but we have to be open to that. We need to have our minds open so that we can see all that God is doing, that we can see the great things going on around us, even though we're having trouble, even though we're having a, a, a difficulty, a trial, or whatever it might be. All we have to do is open our eyes and look. If we train ourselves when we're in good shape and when things are going well to do this, guess what's going to happen? We're going to be ready. We're going to be able. And we're going to be able to praise God as God wants to be praised because that's what he's after. He's after our praise. As we move on to verse number two, uh, I will worship toward the holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth and for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So his name means his reputation. 
His name means his character. He is uh, a God of who is faithful and good. He's a God that his word is and his promises are he always keeps. These are all characteristics of what God really is. And in that future day, his performance will exceed his promises, therefore magnifying his word above all his name, worship toward the holy temple. And we think of the holy temple as a building or a structure, a church, if you will. But in this case, it's referring to Jesus Christ himself. We're praising you, Lord, for your love. We're praising you, Lord, for your kindness. We're praising you, Lord, for your truth. We're praising you, Lord, that we can count on you when times are tough. We're praising you, Lord, for your love and for your might that you show us each and every day. We're praising you, Lord, that you want what's best for us. And that's so important, what's best for us. So, we're also praising you, Lord, that you cared so much for us, that you loved us so much, that you died on the cross, that you went to the cross and died for our sin. I don't know why, Lord. I just don't know why you love me so. For all the wrong things I've done, for all the times that I rebelled against you, for all the times that I did things my way instead of your way, and all the times I turned my back on you, knowing that it was wrong, but I did it anyways. I don't understand, but I praise you for it. I praise you, Lord, for my love is growing and growing each and every day. It's just getting to the boiling point over the praise for thee, the love for thee. And that's what happens when we connect and love our Lord. It's like a volcano erupting. It just flows everywhere. Your love is so good. In Matthew 21, 22, the scripture says this, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. All things, whatever you ask, that's what God's saying. You got to be believing. So Jesus is describing the direct relationship between faith and answered prayer. You have to have faith to have prayer answered. Because our whole relationship with God starts with faith. If we come to God, faith believing that he will save us, that he will protect us, that he will uh, take our sin and get us to heaven. Guess what? That's what we need to do. That's where we need to be. And you know what? That's what God wants for us. And that's where we're going to be headed. So everything that we need to understand that everything that we have, every single item in this world is God's. It's not ours. It's not ours. So God is there and he's got it all. He's got it all under control. You know, but when we're connecting with God, it is possible for us to receive these great things that we're asking. You know, it's up to God. What is God's desires? Are we praying to receive it? Are we praying to, uh, without a doubt, 
Are we embracing God? Do we love God? Do we trust God? Or are we just hoping that something's going to happen here today? We, we're praying, but we're hoping God will do it. Well, God wants us to be faithful. God wants us to trust in him. God wants us to believe in him. So are you confident that God will answer your prayer? That's what he wants. He wants his, you to be confident in him. Or are you just hoping? That's not the way God wants it. You know, God will always answer prayer. It doesn't matter what you're praying. God will answer your prayer. He's going to answer it in one of three ways. He's going to tell you, yes, you've got it. You really need this. It's important. It's vital. Whatever it might be, you've got it. Or he's going to say no. Whatever it is, is not a good thing. Maybe it's something that's sinful. Maybe it's something that um, you can't handle at this point in time. Um, I think about uh, an example I used to use, um, uh, wanting and praying for a million dollars. And I'm praying for that million dollars. And I have two ways I can be praying for this. I can be praying for it and trusting that I'm going to give that million dollars to the kids in Africa who are starving. Or I can be praying that, Lord, give me a million dollars. I just could use a million dollars. I don't want to have to deal with life anymore. A million dollars, I can pay all my bills. I can do this. I can do that. And I can do whatever I want. And God's probably not going to answer that prayer. Why? Because it's all about me. It's all for me. And it, it's money, that much money is probably going to lead me down a very, very bad road. So the third way that God's going to answer our prayers is, yes, you're going to get it, but when I'm ready to give it to you, you're not quite there yet. You know, think of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed, not my will, but yours. You know, he was trusting God, and that's what we need to do. When we go into prayer, we need to be trusting God. He's giving God the room to do exactly what God purposes to do. You know, ultimately, I'm sure that God was betrayed. And he was beaten. He was beaten to a point that Nobody could recognize him. He was just beaten that badly. But it could not end there. It could not stop there. God could not just stop everything at that point. Why not? Because God's purpose had not been accomplished yet. God wasn't done with what he wanted to accomplish with this great mission that he was on. They had to go a couple more steps. They first had to have Jesus get hung on the cross and he had to die on the cross. So they did nail him to the cross and he hung there and he died. They finally placed him in a tomb and God raised him from the dead. And that's when God's purpose was completed. The only reason that Jesus died was to save us from our sin. The only reason was to save us. We sent Jesus to the cross. We nailed him to the cross. It was God's purpose to save us. 
a wicked people that we are. And the only way he could be done was how he did it. See, God is perfect. He knows what's going on. The only way he could accomplish it was to nail Jesus to the cross. Now, of course, answers to prayer can also be affected by principles and behaviors and things like that also. You know, if you're living in sin and you're not wanting forgiveness or um, you've set up a wall between God and you. See, God won't hear your prayers at that point in time. You could be praying all day long. He's not going to hear you. Why? Because you have that sin which has created that wall between you and God. So the only thing that you can do is you need to get this right. You need to fix this prayer. You need to fix this whole situation. And the only way that you can fix the situation is through prayer. And I know that sounds like I'm confusing here, but God will hear a prayer of confession. God will hear a prayer that he wants to embrace. Uh, he wants to embrace you, but that you want to embrace him. And that's the type of prayer that we need to believe. And I believe that that's the only prayer that God will ever hear when you're in that type of state. That's the only prayer he'll hear. In that day when I cried, you answered me. Well, think back. The first time that we cried to Christ was the day of our salvation. If you're saved here today, guess what? You asked God. That was the first time that you reached out to God and you asked him to help you. And he answered us. He always answers. That was the day we accepted him as our savior. And he had a mission for us. There's a direction. Salvation just doesn't end right there. It's a lifetime of love for God. And if you're like most of us, you know, as the days go on, we're going to be coming back to God numerous times, asking him to help us because things are not going well or something's happened or we have some type of trouble. We'll be seeking his help. But you got to remember this one important factor. All that God brings us through, everything that God does for us is for our very good. God loves us so. God cares about what happens to us. In verse 4, all the kings of the earth shall praise the Lord when they hear the words of thy mouth. All will praise you, Lord. That's only when God opens their ears and opens their eyes and opens their brains so that they can understand what's being said and what's happening. See, God has to do that. He has to get it so that the people can understand. That's why when God talks, you know, he doesn't always, uh, we don't always comprehend what he's saying. But when that happens, we're all going to be praising him. We're all going to, have our every knees going to bow. Every tongue shall confess to the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord. All will praise God. All of us will. And it, all this praise is going to be God's. And it's going to be God's alone. We can't take his praise from him. We can't take anything from him. Think of the disciples that were with Jesus. And Jesus had told them what was going to happen. 
but yet they didn't understand. Why? Because Jesus hadn't opened their eyes. They haven't opened their ears. And they may have heard the words, but they didn't really hear the words. He had to open up their minds so they could understand what he was saying. And when Jesus did that, they understood. And that was later on, if you remember, that didn't happen until after Jesus had died. Now, as the Lord's glory fills the earth, how is that going to happen? It's going to happen one person being filled at a time. And that person is going to fill some other person. And he's going to be sharing that. That's for God's whole plan of, of salvation is that one person shares with another who shares with another. And before you know it, the whole world is covered and is filled with his glory. It's bubbling up and spreading over to others. And that's how it's going to happen. In the end, the world population will be submitting to God. They must submit to the Lord God. Because if they don't, they're going to be going to hell. And that's the way it's going to be. Every king will join in the community of praise as they hear the Lord's way of truth and love, as they understand that truth and love. In verse 5, Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Great is the glory of the Lord. We must praise him. We must, um, with all that we have, we got to give it all to God. We can't just have bits and pieces. we got to give it all to him. With our whole being, our whole mind, our whole body. But you know, such praise is foreign to us. It doesn't come naturally. But in that day, when Jesus returns, guess what? That praise is going to be common. It's going to be everywhere. Every knee will bow. In verse 6, Though the Lord be high, yet he respect the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Think of this. The exalted Lord, the God, the, the, the King of kings, the creator of all things. There's nobody that has any more power than him. There's nobody that doesn't even have as much power as he does. And he, that God, cares for you, the humble person, the humble soul. God loves you that much. He cares for you. The almighty king cares about you. And he wants to talk to you too, by the way. He especially loved David. And I find that really exciting because David committed murder. And before that, he committed adultery. And he was punished by God. And God accepted him back. And David became a very, very good individual. He was a man after God's own heart, and he made mistakes, and we all make mistakes. So God's holiness and excellence are great. His knowledge is great. It's just wonderful. But it's well beyond the scope of our humanity, what we can understand, what we can see, what we can comprehend. In verse 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive me. 
Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand against the wrath of my enemies, and the right hand shall save me. What he's trying to say here is, I can count on you. I can count on you, Lord, to help me. I can put my trust and my faith in you. And I can know that I can't do it on my own. I just can't do it on my own. I need you, Lord. I've got to have you, Lord. Remember, David wrote this song. And he's begging God to help him. Verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerned is needed by the mercy or Lord endures forever for the sake. Not the words of his own hands. He's trying to say the psalmist is expressing confidence. Confidence in God. Confidence in the Lord's plan. Confidence that God will do what he promises to do. God is perfect. So if God is perfect, then what God does is perfect. So what God does is perfect, then his plans must be perfect. So if he has a plan with you involved, guess what? It's going to be perfect for you. David is knowing that all this belongs to God. Everything he has belongs to God. Even his, his life belongs to God. God could take his life at any moment. And yet he's still praying. He's praying to God for continued involvement. He knows I can't handle this on my own. He's saying, stick with me, Lord. You've seen what I do when I'm on my own. David sees himself as part of God's plan. There's a purpose for all this. How do you see yourself? Are you part of God's plan? I got to tell you, God is in control of all things. Therefore, you're part of what God is doing. And prayerfully, you'll submit to God if you haven't already. And you'll connect with God. And that you'll move forward with God. And that you'll be obedient to God. And be part of his plan in a positive way. God's people have a confidence in the Messiah. We trust him. We believe in him. And the Messiah loves his people. That's why he went to the cross. God's people have a competent and trustworthy promises of God. Some of those are expressed in the last couple of verses. God and his people are one. Think of a marriage ceremony. We have the bride and the groom, and they say their vows, and they become one. But you know, when we do a Christian marriage, it's a little bit different. Because we have God the Father, the bride, and the groom all become one. They become one. The Father, the bride, and the groom. Why is this so important? Because when we put God first, great things are going to happen. Hey, they're not going to have the perfect life. They're not going to have the best life in the world. But you know what? God's going to be there. He's going to walk with them to get them through that. So we understand that God walks with them who are in a time of trouble or difficulty, pain, suffering. Maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're sick. Well, guess what? 
He's walking with them. He's helping them. And the question we have for you today is this. Are you walking with God? He's walking with you no matter what you're doing. He wants you to be walking with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just once again thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity. I pray that this podcast will get out to many people who need to hear it. Lord, it's in your hands. It's in your control. And Lord, I just pray a special blessing on those that are uh, involved, that are watching this. Lord, may you touch them. Help them. Help them to grow in you. Help them to draw closer to you. And Lord, we'll give you the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thank you very much.